What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to My Social Life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan. Before we get into today's conversation with Zach Diamond, there's a couple things that we need to go over first. Number one, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider leaving a positive rating and review. The more positive ratings and reviews you get, the more it helps new people find the show and really helps to grow the community that we're developing here. And if you're one of those people that have recently found the podcast, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here. Make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes. I put up brand new interviews every single Monday. Now, brand new takeaways is an audio exclusive where I sit down and break down the most recent podcast episode of the week every single Thursday. And last but not least, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to share it to your Instagram story. Tag myself at the Jacob Kelly. Tag Zach at, at Zach Diamond underscore. And I'll feature you on my account and send you a message as well. And now, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Zach Diamond. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to My Social Life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan. And today on the podcast, we are joined by Zach Diamond. Zach is a rapper from my hometown of Ottawa, Canada. His freestyles and videos showing his friends and family his music for the first time have helped to amass a following over 1 million followers on TikTok and hundreds of thousands of streams a month on Spotify. I'm very excited to have him on the podcast today to talk about his entire journey up to this point. Zach, welcome to the show. Good, bro. Thanks a lot for having me, bro. Appreciate you having me on, bro. Yeah, man, I'm excited to have you here. And where I want to start, dude, I actually want to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, so you were born and raised in Ottawa, right? Yeah, born and raised in Ottawa. Yeah, and your but your family's from Jamaica, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And so, how does it like? I've had a couple of my friends on here and stuff, and other people. And how does having parents immigrate from another country impact you growing up? I've heard people talk about how immigrant parents is different from parents who grew up in Canada. So, how did that affect you as a kid growing up? I feel like with me, like, my parents um, did a good job of kind of, like, although they've immigrated to Canada, they've, they've been at Canada for a long time, uh, they did a really good job of kind of, like, making sure I knew my roots and stuff, where I'm from, like, the culture, uh, hearing just music growing up. Uh, I feel like they did a really good job of that. And um, just, like incorporating me into like the canadian lifestyle like since i've been i've been in ottawa like for a long time like my whole life so like uh i've been to jamaica like a couple i feel like i've been to jamaica about four times but uh super dope just going there visiting my cousins visiting my friends and stuff uh but yeah super dope like in terms of how they they kind of raised me up in Canada. Mm -hmm. and we were kind of talking before we got started here so you played soccer quite a bit growing up right yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I was playing soccer from, like, up until I was, like, 7 until, like, 15. And I feel like 15 was kind of, like, the age where I transitioned from, like, music into soccer. I'm from soccer into music, you know? Like, before, like, my whole life was just, like, 100% based around soccer and everything. But then at 15, I was just kind of, like, kind of took over music just kind of took over fully as like a hundred percent passion it's something I knew I really really wanted to do um and it was tough it was like damn I'm switching my whole like direction of where I wanted to go to music but I knew like this is what I really wanted to do you know so. Mm -hmm. and so up to that point were you thinking like you were going to try and pursue soccer as far as you can take it whether that be the college level the professional level like that's what you were thinking prior to making that switch yeah a hundred percent like soccer was like 
I feel like from seven to 10, it was just me like kind of like developing like my skills as a player. But then like from 11 to 15, it was really like really pursuing uh, soccer. I was going to even play for, uh, for Team Ontario and stuff like that, which would be super dope. But like, I don't know, I just felt like the path in sports, especially for soccer, you know, because soccer is not like a popular sport as much in Canada. I feel like it was like, I saw where it was headed and I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to pursue it unless it's an actual career or something I really going to pursue and make a living off. So I knew, I knew music was what I wanted to transition to. And like, even though, but by, by the age of 15, though, you'd already been doing music for like a couple of years, right? Because you started initially making music at 13, right? Like your brother had a setup in the basement and you like kind of picked it up from him, right? Yeah, 100%. That's dope, bro. You did your research, 100%. Yeah, like literally the first time um, I started making music was because of my brother. My brother had like a mini setup uh, in like in our, in our little basement. And before I didn't even know like how the whole process of like, making music even went like i thought you had to like i don't know go to like some crazy studio and like get like 10 different producers and like you know i I thought it was just a complicated process you know but like once i saw him kind of recording i was like wow like i guess i can just do this too like from my basement like i didn't even need to like go anywhere do anything like crazy fancy you know so that that was kind of the inception of me just realizing like okay this is for real like i can actually do it and i can actually put a song on you know that was the How many years older is your brother than you? Uh, he's 26 now. So I'm 21. So he's uh, like four, years, five years older. four or five years older. Okay. And talk to me about some of those like basement sessions that early on. Was it like, because your brother being five years old and you should have been 13, he'd have been 18 at the time. So was it like you would kind of be down there with him together working on it? Or was it like once he was finished using his stuff, then you could step in? Like what was those, what were those yeah. old, early, that's what it was like? It was like once he was done, yeah. you could kind of step in? Yeah, it was basically like the second one for sure. Like it was kind of like him, him doing his thing, and then me kind of like, like the door was locked, like outside, just like hearing it, being like, "Okay, this is sick. Like this is actually like I can actually make this happen," you know. And then when he was finished, then yeah, like I come in and like do my stuff. But like, yeah, man, I was, I was it was a super dope time. That was basically like the inception of me just realizing like, "Okay, I can actually like do my thing," you know. Yeah. And so is there anything like musically or lyrically or whatever it be that your brother taught you early on that you kind of sticks with you to today? Um, I wouldn't say it was more uh, lyrics. I, th- I think it was more based on like work ethic and like just like the process of actually uh, recording, like just hearing how he delivers stuff, hearing um, like how he just like, I, I remember just being outside of the room, just like hearing like how loud he's going. I was like, oh, you can really be loud. Like you can just be yourself, like energetic and stuff. And that was just super dope. So I think that was mainly for big things for sure. Mm-hmm. And so like, I've heard, I've heard you say like, even at that point at 13, like music pretty much hooked you right away. Like you knew, even, even though like at 15s when you made that switch, even at 13 when you started, you kind of knew like, this is what you wanted to do. What was it about music and that whole process that made you fall in love with it so quickly? Hundred percent. I feel like even even as I was playing soccer, like thirteen, fourteen. I remember we had we had trips uh, going to Toronto and stuff on the bus. And even then, I was like freestyling on the bus. Just like I was always just a kid. I was just like I fell in love with the art of freestyling first before even recording uh, to plays. But like I just remember freestyling on the bus, getting like a crazy reaction from my teammates and stuff. And I just knew like it wasn't like a normal kind of reaction. It was like. A reaction where I was like, okay, maybe I can really like for real do this, you know what I mean? 
And um, yeah, just like from 13 to 15, it was really that uh, that inception of like, okay, I can actually do this. Listening to like Eminem, Eminem was definitely one of my biggest influences for sure, especially starting out at the beginning. I just was always watching YouTube videos online, like people freestyling, rapping, music videos, anything I could. Um, that was basically the start and the inception of like me being like, okay, music is really what I want to do. And I just fell in love with the process of like saying what you what you feel on a song. Like I've always fell in love with the rappers who can like, who are honest in their lyrics and say a lot about their life. You know, I feel like it was just a dope way of like, telling people how I really feel, but in a form of art and in a form of being on a song. So that was super, super dope. You mentioned Eminem. I want to ask you about two other artists and kind of their impact on you growing up. The first one being Lecrae and the second one being J. Cole. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like for with J. Cole, it was like, he's the first rapper that made me believe like, okay, I can actually pursue this as like a career. Like I remember hearing uh, one of his earlier mixtapes, uh, the warm-up. It was just, it was very like, oriented on people following their dreams and like really being committed to what they want to do and just doing what they love, doing what they're super passionate about. Uh, that's how J. Cole took over. He was also the first artist I saw live, which also made it like super real, like this is crazy. Um, and Lecrae too. Lecrae was just like, I grew up in church, grew up in church my whole life when Christianity was like uh, a major root in me as a person, just my whole identity. Uh, and Lecrae was kind of one of the first uh, rappers who talked about his faith and talked about his struggles who kind of popped off. So he was definitely one of the major influences too at the beginning when I was like 13. Were you doing any singing or anything in church like prior to starting to rap? Like were you involved in choir or anything like that? Yeah, like I was involved in choir, but I wouldn't say I was like one of the main like people singing, you know, I was just kind of like in the back kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And so you, so you start rapping at 13. Like, do you remember the first, like the very first ever song you put out? First, yeah, 100%. This was like grade nine. Uh, it's called Section with one of my friends. Uh, his name's Zion. He's actually doing super big things now too. Like he's like signed living in LA, like all that stuff. But uh, yeah, Section was the first song I put out. Um, that one was super dope. It was super dope to see. Like, I remember it got like, 2,000 views and for us like 2,000 views at the time like it felt like it was like 2 million views you know like I was just super stoked about like the traction on that even though like looking back like 2,000 is not like something crazy but like for us like it felt super huge at the time you know and it made us be like okay we can actually like really do this and really pursue this but for me with my with my music my whole thing is like I knew from the start I wanted to fall in love with like uh, the game rather than just the results, you know, like I fell in love with the process of making music rather than just like the results from it. Cause I know like if you fall in love with the game and the passion, like that'll never die because it doesn't matter what the outcome is. You're just going to keep trying and keep going again and keep going again. Cause you're doing it cause you genuinely love it. Not cause you're looking for like outside validation, you know? So it was super important for me at the beginning to just fall in love with the process, be as passionate as possible. And it just kind of came naturally. Like music, something that I always wanted to do. Uh, me and my dad built like a mini studio. This is literally the studio I'm in right now. I've been in here since I was 14 and that kind of like started me just pursuing it, just being there every day. Um, and it's just like sports, right? Like if you want to make it to the NBA, you're going to have like a basketball in your drive, like a basketball net in your driveway. That was kind of like how I approached music. If I want to pursue music as a career, I, I want to have like a mini home studio set up where I can just constantly be working. So that was super important for me. 
No, that's, that's definitely the mindset. And like, how do you, even though you love the process, it's still like, especially in the early days when you put a new song and it doesn't get as many views or listens as you were expecting. Like, how do you keep pushing in those moments? I think, yeah, to me, like, honestly, those moments actually drive me more than like, if it got like a crazy amount of views, like the first song did well, but then like, I released like five songs after that, that like didn't really do much, but like, it's, it wasn't even like, it was basically the process of just going through that and not getting that many views and not getting that much love at the beginning. That kind of made me just want to like pursue it. Cause I feel like you have to believe before you pursue something, like you have to believe you're super dope at it, even before you already are. Like you have to kind of trick your subconscious mind to believe that, okay, I can really do this. This is what I really want to do. And I'm good at this. You know, like I feel like even at a young age, I kind of had to like, trick my subconscious mind to think that I was already going to be big and I was already going to be what I was at now because I feel like your subconscious mind doesn't even know the difference between what's real and what's fake. It kind of just takes in information, information that's fed, you know? So I just need thinking positive and just having a positive mindset. And honestly, I just love doing it. So whether it got like a million views or zero views, I would still be doing it regardless. So that kind of, that allows definitely a huge factor into how I, how I did it. No, I like that. That's like, I had a guy on my podcast by the time when your episode comes out, it'll be the week before it's with this guy named Zach Kravitz. And he was saying how like, you have to have the mindset of you're already where you want to be. Like if you have the mindset that you want to make a million dollars this year, you're going to make moves like you're someone who's making a million dollars. But if you only want to make like 10 grand that year, you're going to make moves like someone who's only trying to make 10 grand. So like by thinking you're already where you want to be, you're going to act differently like you're already there, which is going to help you make better moves. Um, I feel like, yeah, like believing you are what you already want like before it happens is like super key. I feel like that kind of changed my mindset. Like when I was young, I had it, but along that journey kind of like in the middle up until like this year, I kind of lost it. I was kind of chasing things and like going after and operating out of a place of like fear and lack instead of just believing that I already have the thing that I want. So that was super key for me. And so you mentioned like your first track did pretty well. And then the next like four or five didn't really do as well as the first one. So that was like the the performance, like just on like the analytics side, like you can see the views, but like what was the reaction from like your classmates and stuff? Like you started to actually draw, like you were doing freestyles on the bus, but now you're actually dropping tracks. Like how are people reacting? Are they like super stoked? Are they clowning on you? Like what's the reaction at school like? Yeah, like the reaction at school was all love. Like it was super like, I feel like sometimes even in like grade 10, like during lunch or like if we had a break in class, we, like the teacher literally like, put up the videos like in class and like the whole class would see it like it was super love and even like I remember in grade 11 just like some nights before I would go to school me and my dad would like burn cds and we would actually I actually got the the school principal to like play the song you know the intercom that happens like every morning like I even got uh the principal to like play my song on the intercom in the morning which is super crazy for me um but like yeah like school it was all love I just felt like I was always better than what like but then like the outcome of it you know what I mean like I feel like around me it was all love like in Ottawa and like in my school and stuff but I, I feel like I just wanted like a global reach I knew from the beginning like if I really wanted to do this and make this like a real career I'm gonna need to have fans like everywhere in the world and outside of Ottawa. And that's where like social media obviously kicked in. But at the beginning from like grade nine to like grade 12, I feel like my fan base was literally just like 
the people in my school and like a few other people around Ottawa, you know, which is like, it's cool for the start, but I, I just knew like I, I wanted something for, for the jump, you know? Yeah. And growing up, when, just before we kind of move on to like social media and everything, when you were in high school, was rap battles a thing? Because I remember when I was in high school, like there was a period probably in my grade nine, 10 year was like rap battles were just happening all the time. Like a circle would form and people would think there's a fight, but it's actually just a rap battle going on. Like, was that a thing at your school growing up? Yeah, it definitely happened. Like definitely during lunch and stuff. Uh, rap battles, we were freestyling all the time. Me and my homies, like me and my boy Keen, Zion, Nathan, uh, Clarence. Like, yeah, we would always be freestyling a lot. And our school, like St. Matt's, we actually had like a like a mini studio also in the school. Not a studio where like you can like record songs and stuff, but like it was kind of just like a spot where people can just like chill and stuff. And I just remember like I was always like I was always there, bro. Even if it was like me by myself, bro, like I feel like after grade 10, I spent all my lunches like just in the studio. Like I feel like from like grade 11 or 12, I didn't really go to like the cafeteria much. I was just like always in the studio. That was, that was a crazy time to even think about that. Yeah. And your, your first show was at 14, right? Yeah. My first show was at 14. It was like, it was kind of like a church uh, event. Basically, like there's another like headline kind of like act performed there. And they're like, okay, hey, well, if anybody else has kind of a talent, uh, maybe you can like have a slot or something. And then I did it. I remember the reaction was like super crazy. Like people were like, why isn't this guy like the kind of the, the headline? It was just like, like moments like that kind of made me realize like, okay, this is really crazy. But like deep down, even, even like what we were saying before, like you kind of have to have that mentality going into it. Like, yes, like I'm going to, like this show is going to turn out good. Like this is going to do, this is going to be great. So um, yeah, first show was at 14. Just super now at that first show, were you seeing like your own original music or were you just doing like covers of other songs? Yeah, it wasn't even my original music at that time. I feel like at that time, I only had, like, four songs out, so I didn't want to just, like, go through that and then end it. So I was basically just doing, like, freestyles over, like, popular beats and stuff. Well, how many, like, shows have you done since then? Like, how many live Because obviously, like, now that you've popped off and everything, like, COVID's not happening, so you can't really do live yeah. shows. Like, how many shows have you done prior to all this happening? Yeah, like, honestly, I haven't, like, I, I'd say I haven't done that many shows. Like, I feel like, did one at 14, did another one at 15, maybe did a couple at 16, um, and then 17, did one in Toronto at like kind of like a youth event, uh, which is like 500 people, but it was super, it was super crazy that one. But I feel like besides that, uh, I don't think I've done shows like in a really long time. Obviously, since COVID now, I can't really do that. But yeah, I, haven't, I honestly haven't done that many shows. You mentioned a couple of times your friend Zion, just to, for like that's Zion Kuonu, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so how does having someone, especially like someone that you're close friends with make it to LA, like how does that impact you as someone who's trying to do the same thing? Does that like just prove to you that what you're trying to do is more than possible and something you can definitely achieve? A thousand percent. I feel like Zion going to LA, like that was huge for me in terms of proving like, okay, this is actually really possible. I remember him calling me for the first time saying like, yo, someone called me from LA. Someone wanted to sign me. Like, it was super inspiring and like I'm just super happy and like proud of it because it's just like you really started this from 13 and like I feel like even then you knew like it could be possible but of course you don't know until you actually know you know what I mean so uh that was definitely an inspiring moment a thousand percent you mentioned like trying to get that fan base outside of Ottawa for you was through social media and for my for my like kind of research stuff the first place you really started popping was Facebook right 
yeah, like Facebook, honestly, like, I feel like Facebook was the first place I kind of built like a, an outside fan base. Like, I don't know how some vids just kind of like took off. I remember after high school, uh, when I graduated at 17, I just knew like during the summer, I'm not going to post any videos, but I'm going to spend the summer building like six or seven videos ready in a row. So by the time like September starts, I can just drop like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like just like right in a row, you know? But I remember that summer, like, like a lot of people were like, where did he go? Like he was making music all through high school. And then after high school, he just stopped like typical, like, you know, like guess it was just like a phase type of thing. But I knew like I was just planning. It was just like preparation, just waiting for that preparation to meet opportunity. Uh, and I feel like after that, when I started posting on Facebook, I started gaining traction uh, outside of uh, with just Ottawa and also Instagram too. Like Instagram was, was big for me right after high school from like 17 uh, to 18. Cause I feel like, after I graduated high school, I only had like maybe like 2,000 followers. But then um, after high school from, from like September to like December, I gained like 50K on Instagram. And then Facebook was like, I don't, I don't know how much my Facebook page was at, but like I was just starting to gain traction and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was super dope. And like, how were you gaining traction? Was it through getting posted by other pages? Cause like I found on Facebook, like some of these accounts that have shared you, um, young verse, they have 1.3 million followers, Unilad, which has millions of followers, hip hop society, uh, Montrealty. Uh, you're also on a straight bars compilation at 16. Like how are you getting shared by all these big accounts back then? Yeah, it was super crazy. I feel like some of the videos, like there was one video in particular that I know, like, as soon as I posted it, there's someone who just retweeted it. Like, I don't know who to this day, like retweeted it. And it kind of like the numbers kind of skyrocketed. And then I feel like pages, once numbers kind of like skyrocket and stuff, they kind of see it as like, okay, like if I put that on my page, then like that'll kind of grow my page. It'll be like uh, mutually beneficial for like the artist and also the page too. And like, I feel like once it's like a, it's kind of like a, like a chain reaction. Once one sees it, like a lot of other pages start to see that too. And like, even me, like I was always that person just reaching out to like every page, just being like, yo, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an upcoming rapper. I'm 16 or 17, however I was at the time. Like, just like, it would mean the world if you can like check this stuff out. Like I was super like active on social media in terms of just getting, getting my name out there. Cause I knew like it was crucial from the start to like, okay, this is the year I need to really like branch out, you know? And so was it through getting shared by all these accounts that helped you grow on Facebook and Instagram or was there other stuff you were doing to kind of get a following? Yeah, I feel like it was basically that. Like, I feel like it was only just like the pages, just like sharing, sharing my content, obviously just being consistent too, just like that whole strategy of like taking that summer off to like make seven or six videos in a row and then just dropping them like uh, weekly. Like that, that, that was huge for me, like consistency and getting the pages to post. And so when you graduated high school, was that 2017? Yeah, 2017, yeah. Do you remember the screenshot you took in 2017 of your Spotify? Oh, the one where I was like, where I had like 90 month, monthly listeners or something? 94, yeah. Damn, bro, that's crazy. I honestly, like, I, I had that in my mind, but like, I didn't like, that's crazy saying that. I didn't really remember it like that. How, why did you take that screenshot? Yeah, honestly, that was just like, I knew like definitely for moments like this, just to like look back on it and be like, yo, this is really like, we really started from like that point, you know? 
And that's actually crazy, like, looking back at it. Um, I feel like there's there's definitely moments of this. I feel like I have a lot of other screenshots, too, like, just moments at the start and stuff, which kind of, like, just show your progression. Um, but, yeah, man, that's actually crazy. I'm curious if, like, so at that point, you've been making music for, like, four and a bit years. You're yeah. only getting 94 monthly listens on Spotify. Are there ever any moments where you think about just like quitting and like, this isn't for me, like it's just not going to happen? Or was there never that thought? Honestly, no. Cause like, I just always felt like it was like around the corner. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the thought of like it being so close to me just kind of kept me driving and kept me to just keep pushing and stuff. And like I said, my main thing was just doing it because I love it and for the passion. So like the results obviously like it still matters at the end of the day, but like, it wasn't like my main drive. And I feel like that helped me uh, really push it because I became better at my craft. Like I just fell in love with just getting better, not for other people, but just like for myself. Like I wanted to make a song, listen back to it and like have myself impressed. You know what I mean? Which is like super key for me. But uh, yeah, like persistence and just like making sure, um, every day you're working on something that can make you better. Cause I know my best friend, like he said something where he was like, every day you spend not getting better, you're actually getting worse, which is like, it was crazy to think that for me. Cause like at the time I didn't realize that anytime I spend like not trying to get better, you're actually holding yourself back. Cause there's another kid that's working like twice as hard as you out there, you know? So uh, yeah, it was never like a thing of me giving up uh there's definitely frustrating moments a thousand percent because like i feel like once i got that 50k in like uh from september to january from like 2018 to 2019 i was still at like 50k like i was in the same place for like two years from like 2018 until like uh 2020 which is this year but yeah giving up was definitely never an option with that thought of like when if you're not working someone else is and they're getting ahead do you deal with like in those moments where you're not working, like you almost feel guilty for not working because you feel like someone's getting ahead because you're taking a break, even though like taking a break is perfectly okay and a healthy thing to do. Do you ever have the, like, cause like I have that where it's like, I feel like, man, I'm not working right now. Like I'm falling behind. Like I'm so, even if I work like a 14 hour day, I take a break. I'm like, someone's going to work 60 and they're going to get ahead of me. Like, do you ever deal with stuff like that? Yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like NF had this, had this, had this line. He's like, I could be working for 24 hours a day and feel like I never did enough. Like, I feel like that's definitely a mentality that I have. Cause it's like, even though you're kind of like working, even when you're not working, it still just feels like I should be working right now. Like, it's just kind of like a gut feeling that's like, yo, I need, I still need to be working. But like you said, like, it's definitely good to like take breaks and stuff. Like it's very healthy to, obviously you don't want to just do that one thing like constantly. But I feel like I had to, like, that's just the mentality I had to have to be, I had to have to be at the place where I am now. So. And I feel like I got so much more to go, but, like, I feel like I just need, that mentality is crucial for me. So I think it was 2018 is when, so you said 2018, 2019, your Instagram kind of stayed at the same level, but you started to put some work in on YouTube, right? Like, I think you hit 5,500 subscribers in 2018 on YouTube, right? Yeah, I think, like, yeah, I feel like in, like, 2019. I had like 5,500. And so like, I'm curious to like a lot of those comments. I mean, my question is about comments on YouTube. Cause like sometimes they can be super positive and like scrolling through the comments on YouTube. A lot of them are very positive saying how, like, I can't believe like you're not bigger than you are. Things like that. It's like, 
with listening to comments, I've heard people talk about like the positive comments pump them up, but because they let the positive comments pump them up, any negative comments they get pull them down so hard because they listen to both. Do you try and stay kind of like in the middle and not let either the positive or the negative comments get to you? Or do you try to kind of like ride the high of those positive comments? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I feel like I definitely try to to stay level headed. I feel like it's important for artists to have the mentality like you never you're never as good as they say you are, but you're also never like as bad as like those negative comments are. So like that that's definitely something that kind of just keeps me uh very level headed. Like I appreciate the love a thousand percent. Like it means the world to me and like people supporting me. Uh like it means so much to me. But there's so much more. Like I feel like if I let those kind of positive comments kind of get to me, then it kind of makes me get closer to like complacency, which I don't like absolutely do not want to get. Like anything that can even lead me towards complacency, like I just completely run away from it. And I feel like honestly, negative comments can kind of fuel you too. Like it can motivate you too. Like, like it just helps you to just keep going. Like I feel, yeah, negative comments can definitely help as well. And talk to me how it felt for you when you finally hit 1 million streams on Spotify. Like the, a million people listening to music. Like how cool was that for you? Yeah, bro. Like that was honestly, that was super insane. Just like, like you said, taking that screenshot from like 90, 94 monthly listeners to like a million just streams in total was super, super humbling. And I was just grateful for it because like every song I've ever recorded, like I've never even been into like a, actual big uh recording studio or anything any song i recorded uh was just in my mini home studio that me and my dad made um and it was just super super crazy to see and it was it was definitely like uh it was definitely a confirmation that i was on the right path but then again like i've already pictured me getting a million streams like i feel like a million times before in my mind before that even happened so like it was definitely kind of like that manifest moment i feel like anything I repeated, repeatedly think about and uh, just talk about, I feel like I can manifest. So that was a super dope moment for sure. Mm-hmm. I have a quote from you from, I think it was a Faces Magazine interview. I think is, and you were talking about hitting 1 million streams on Spotify. And the quote is, the fact that I hit 1 million total streams as an independent artist without a record label is amazing to me. That's just a testament to confidence, persistence, my faith in Jesus and the support of Diamond Nation. And I kind of want to unpack that quote. The first one is talk to me about being an independent artist. Like how does like one, how does one go about getting signed? And do you almost feel like you have a chip on your shoulder being an independent artist? Yeah, definitely. I feel like in terms of just being independent, it just, you have to like understand that no one's going to kind of push your music out there. No one's going to like give you crazy features and crazy best producers and everything like that. You kind of just have to work with all you got and kind of just become as good as you can in terms of doing those little, little things. Like to me, I record every song myself. Like I've never even had like a, like an engineer, you know, I usually like the artist is in the booth and then the engineer is kind of running the session. Like with me, I literally just record my songs. Like I'm on the mic, I rap it, go back to the theater, pause. Okay, let me do another take. Then go back to the theater. Just like, I'm just going back and forth, just doing both roles and stuff. Um, I feel like, yeah, definitely. I do feel like I have a chip on my shoulder in terms of just like, being able to do this without the help of like a big entity and like a big company. Um, And I just want to be like an inspiration to people, you know, like I feel like a lot of people, like there's a lot of interviews with artists and stuff. And like, 
they kind of make it seem they're just like they drop a song and then all of a sudden it gets a hundred million views and like you have a feature with like um like Drake or something, like all of a sudden like they're just huge. But like there's 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 so much things in between that that kind of like lead up to that. And I just want to be like an inspiration or help independent artists too that kind of like want to understand how you kind of get from point A to point Z and not skip all the steps in between, you know? So mm-hmm. super do you want to remain independent like throughout your career and like retain 100% ownership of your music or like if a label came to you would you consider signing yeah like it just depends like I'm not I'm definitely not like anti-label like the person that's like yo I'm gonna just always be by myself like it's not even like that like it just has to be like the right opportunity you know what I mean like it depends for me like a lot of these labels like they sign artists but they don't really treat the artists as a priority because there's so many bigger artists on the list so like for me to like sign with a label would have to be a situation where like they really, really, really like believe in me and they really think they could push me, then maybe like I'd be open to it for sure. But for now, like I think I'm um, cool and dependent for sure. Have any labels reached out, even like smaller ones? Even like you passed a million streams, you're popping on TikTok. Like has anyone reached out yet? Yeah, like a few labels reached out, but for me, like uh my thing is just like I feel like there's so much more I can do on my own and just so much more leverage I can build. So I just want to keep growing, keep going as far as, as far as possible uh, before crossing that bridge. And uh, yeah, sure. So when a label reaches out to you, like for a lot of people, like getting signed is a huge deal for a label to reach out and want to sign you. Like, is it hard in that moment for you to be like, thank you, but I'm actually just going to stick independent for a little while? A thousand percent, bro. Especially like the first, like I remember like the first label that hit me up was like, I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, this is really, like, happening for real. Like, but then you kind of have to, like, as soon as that moment of, like, okay, this is excited kind of kind of dies down, you kind of have to be like, okay, but is this the right move for me? Because it's so easy for, like, you to get signed in a contract and then not being, and then not be able to release music for, like, a long period of time. So I knew I just wanted to have that freedom and that ownership to just keep building and releasing music when I want, releasing content when I want, and just being myself. So, and then back to that original quote about you, know, you hitting 1 million streams. Talk to me about how your faith plays a role in your music. Yeah, 100%. Like, my faith in, in, in God definitely plays a role in my music. I feel like just, just trying to, like, focus on kind of letting God guide me towards, towards where I want to go. I feel like there's so many times I could have gone, I could have got distracted, could have took a different path, could have just done different things in life. But I feel like God just like kept me focused on what I wanted to do. And like, I feel like I've always just been a person like that's just been true to myself and just always been me. So God's definitely played a role in my music. percent. I love that. And then the other thing too was at the end of that quote, you mentioned the supportive Diamond Nation. So is Diamond Nation still a thing? Like, do you still have a like Diamond Nation merch or anything like that? I don't have like exactly Diamond Nation merch, but Diamond Nation is definitely still a thing. Like the real ones in Diamond Nation, like they, they know, like they're super, super real, super loyal to me. And um, that support just means like everything to me because without that, like I, I, I'm nowhere. Like I'm nowhere without them supporting me. Them, them rocking my music, uh, buying the merch, just things like that, streaming my music, like that means that means absolutely everything to me. I remember being at a point where it was like, I was super, I was super happy to even have like five people listen to me. Like I remember being in school, like if five of my friends liked it, like that meant the world to me, you know. So like, 
the fact I have like a million people streaming my music is super, super crazy. Now I want to kind of jump to TikTok. So I think your first TikTok was February 9th, 2020, right? Yeah, February 9th, yeah. And so then what made you start posting on TikTok? Was it just hearing everyone talking about it? Were you just jumping on to see what happens? Like what led to you posting for the first time? Yeah, TikTok was super wild because like I, I really like, I feel like I was kind of late to TikTok in a way because I didn't even know like what TikTok even was. I feel like TikTok just kind of like emerged out of nowhere uh, like a year ago. And I was just like, okay, let me just hop on and just like see what it's about. So like, I feel like I got TikTok, like I had a TikTok account in like February 1st, I think. Now, at first, I was just, like, looking through videos, just, like, seeing what's up. And I was like, okay, let me just post a video of me just, like, freestyling and stuff. And I think that one got, like, 200,000 views, which, like, I've never, I've never got that even, like, ever, like, with anything I've ever posted. But I was like, damn, that's crazy. So I just wanted to keep kind of posting freestyles and stuff. And that was your, that was your first video that hit 200,000? Yeah, that was the, yeah, that was my first one, yeah. That's crazy. So you really like, you kind of, you kind of popped right away. Like you hit a nerve right away. Cause then your third video, I think went super viral, right? Like yeah, a lot more viral than 200,000. Yeah. I think it was the second, I think the first one had 200, but then like the second one kind of went viral, like overnight. Like that one had like a million or like 2 million. And then the third one also like had a million. Um, but yeah, it was super crazy to just like see that. I feel like my mindset shifted. I remember like right before I posted the second one, uh, me and my family actually went to Jamaica to like visit my cousin and stuff. And I just know like when I came back, my mindset was just like, I wasn't chasing anything or like running after anything. I was just like doing like what felt super natural to me. And I feel like that's what kind of like made my stuff pop off. Cause like I've been freestyling for like for, for years, but like I never posted a video where like I was showing people directly that I was actually freestyling to random words. And I think that's a testament to just like, you just have to really be specific and show people that like you're actually freestyling and that, that, that just made everything pop off. And it's like, you were showing that with a laptop. So you're talking about like you had a random word generator and you yeah. put those random words. Yeah, exactly. Like over the years, like I, I've done freestyles like on the microphone or like just like freestyles in the studio. But like, that was the first time where like anybody can see and be like, Hey, he's actually, he's actually freestyling for real. And so like what, what class for people that don't know, like what classifies as a freestyle? Cause like you hear like freestyle, most people think like just off the dome, like you're just, you're spitting, but like you hear songs that are freestyle. So it's like, can you still have like written word? Like, can you still have material that you've written that qualifies as a freestyle? Like what counts as freestyle and what doesn't? Yeah. I feel like a real freestyle is just actually freestyling off the top, like with no uh, premeditated like thought of like what you're going to do. Just kind of like, going with the flow i feel like that's a real freestyle but i know now even on radio shows like there's like there's freestyles on the radio but like it's kind of they have the beat ready they have what they're gonna write and they kind of just rap it so like, i i still like i honestly still consider that a freestyle too but i think like a real genuine freestyle is like random words just like super kind of off the top you know have you ever seen that video of Juice World freestyling for like 22 minutes and they're just like showing him random things in the studio and he's like incorporating it into his raps? That was insane, man. That's probably one of the craziest like videos, freestyle videos I've seen for sure. Mm-hmm. And so like for people that are like listening to this that have never heard freestyle and they're having trouble wrapping their head around it, like how do you approach it as you're like, how are you thinking of rhymes on the fly? Like how does that happen? Is it just like over practice doing that so many times are you able to do it? Like how are you rapping but also thinking of where this rap is taking you at the same time 
yeah, it's definitely like practice and like repetition. Cause like even at high school, like I was doing this in the studio with my with my friend like Ken, Nathan, Zion. Like we're always always freestyling all the time. I feel like just doing it over and over again kind of made me able to do that. But uh yeah, I feel like you kind of have to think, you just kind of have to think, you have to kind of be two steps ahead. You kind of have to think of your next word and the next word at the same time while rapping words in between, which is kind of like it's crazy to think about. But I think the more the more someone does it, like the more they'll build it. And then so I think it was around July, you had about 47,000 streams you're getting on Spotify a month at this point. Um, so TikTok was working. We were seeing some crossover from TikTok to Spotify. But then like you took it to a completely whole other level around that time. And that's when you started posting these videos. I think the first one was your friend where it's you're showing your friends and family your music for the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was the one of me rapping in front of my... Uh, my best friend. That was the one that like really, really, really popped up. Mm-hmm. Where did that idea come from? Yeah, honestly, bro, like, I am so like, I feel like I, I, I was posting videos of me freestyling before, right? To like random words, but like, I wanted to do it in a way where like, I can incorporate other people. Cause I knew like the reaction was crazy. Like I was watching reaction videos of people actually reacting to my, uh, to my freestyles on the car. And I was like, wait, what if I do that? But like, just in real life, like I get like an actual friend, like reacting to me freestyling and stuff. Um, yeah, that was kind of the first, uh, that was that was the first one that I, that like took off. I feel like that one like has 60 million views in like the first 24 hours, which is like super crazy to me. Um, and then I started doing ones with like my family and stuff, my dad, my sister, my mom and stuff like that. That that first one you said like 60 million views the first couple days. I checked before we recorded here. It has over 28 million views, over 7.8 million likes. Like, did those did those numbers even make sense to you at this point? (laughs) Oh, bro, no. (laughs) Like, I just remember, and I remember the day it happened. I was actually at my boy's uh, house. It was like his birthday, Um, and we were just like. At first, I came to his house. I came to his house. I was like, "Yo, this has like five million views," and then he's like, "What? Like this is crazy?" And then by the time I left his house, I like midnight or something, it had like fifteen or sixty million or whatever it was the first night, and like I was just like, I don't know, man. We we're just super shocked. Like, nothing like that's ever happened to me before, like ever. Like, the most I've had before that, like at that time, was probably like maybe three million. You know, and even that was crazy. Like even the first video when it got two hundred thousand, like that was huge to me. To me, two hundred thousand is still a lot to me. Like, like it's I'm super grateful for even like any support that I get. So the fact that it was that much is super. Insane. But no, with those videos hitting, like again, like I mean, the first one's the biggest one at twenty eight million, and I mean, like the rest of them even did numbers. And like the one with your dad, I think popped off not just on TikTok but on Twitter and YouTube. And so like how much of a crossover do you see from that? Like how much of a jump do your monthly streams take when these videos start going viral? Yeah, those definitely take it. Like it takes a huge jump, especially when it's like me uh, doing my like original music. Cause I feel like before I had a lot of videos that were kind of popping off, but like it was me rapping to like other people's beats, even the one with like my best friend, like that wasn't even like my song. That was like another kind of trending song on TikTok. So like, there was a there was a bit of rise then, but I feel like when it really rise was when I was like showing my original music. Uh, I feel like once I did that, then it kind of then I kind of definitely saw a jump because it was like 
there was something that people can go back and listen to, and it was it was it was my song, you know. So I feel like once I did that, then it started really taking. Yeah, and so then I think like probably six weeks after you start posting those videos with everyone reacting, you pass a million followers, not just like a million streams, like a million followers. Yeah. How was, cool is that? Yeah, that one that one was super wild because like. I literally hopped on TikTok in like February. Like I didn't know like what to post. Like what do you, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know like a year to this day. I don't think I even knew like what the app was. And I've been on Instagram for like three years and like Facebook and all that. Like I don't, I, I never had that many on those platforms. So it was super, it was, it was super, super crazy moment. I'm just like grateful and like humbled by it. You know what I mean? Like it's super crazy to see like, where it started and even like the screenshot with the 94 monthly listeners like it's i'm, I'm glad you said that because like that's actually like a good reminder too because i didn't i wasn't even thinking of that too which is super cool. did you do anything to celebrate the one million like i've talked to people and sometimes like some people celebrate the one million but some people are like i don't want to get caught up in that number and i'm just going to keep going like what was your like what did you do when you passed it yeah honestly i didn't i didn't really celebrate it because like at the end of the day like I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I didn't really celebrate it. I was definitely like super ecstatic. I was like, yo, this is crazy. But I was just like, okay, what's, what's, let's keep going. What's, what's the next thing? I feel like I always had that mentality. Uh, I'm always looking for like what to do next and what I'm going to do next. But obviously it's super dope to like take a step back and like look and be like, yo, this is a super dope accomplishment. But then after that moment, like I'm back to just recording, doing what I love because I'm, I'm doing it because I like it. So like whether I hit that, whether I hit a million or like a thousand, like I'd be putting in the work anyway. So that was super dope. Has there ever been any moments where you've stopped and like, man, what is happening right now? Like maybe it is passing a million, but maybe it's like when the NFL uses your song. Like, are there any moments where you stop and you're like, what is actually going on right now? Yeah, it was crazy because I feel like all of that started happening right after like I came back from Jamaica. Like I remember the day I came back from Jamaica was the day I posted like second TikTok that hit like two million but uh I feel like ever since I came back like in ever since like February like a bunch of moments just started to happen and I feel like it's definitely it's definitely just a testament to just like mindset and persistence and just like always to just keep going and never stopping because I feel like um all those moments were from 17 to like 19 where like things weren't popping off it wasn't for no reason. Like it was all just like preparation for like for moments. That's that's what I always want to tell people because like don't never get distracted on like um how it's gonna happen or like how things are gonna do. Just just be confident that it will happen. And when it happens, you just have to be ready. So um yeah, but definitely you the NFL thing, like that was super that was super just like random. Like I don't even, I still don't know like how that happened to this day, but super crazy. Do you have any tips for anyone when it comes to TikTok? Like if they want to grow? Yeah, I feel like, um, honestly, I feel like people just gravitate towards like real life kind of situations. But like, obviously, if you have a talent or there's something or like a niche you're really, really like good in, then like incorporate that, but into like a real life uh situation or something you know like i feel like um people just gravitate towards you just showing your personality and just like having fun because i feel like i wasn't even before that tiktok people never actually heard my like talking voice it was always like 
video came and I would just like start rapping like right away. But I feel like the freestyles, like there's a little introduction at the beginning, me just like introducing what I'm about to do and stuff. Like those, those, those stuff are key for TikTok. I feel like people like that genuine kind of just like showing you as a person rather than you as like an artist or like just like you as an, uh, as like a talent or something. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like those, like you said, the authentic, just be authentic. And like, it doesn't get more real yeah. than you like in your car rapping, right? Like it's not yeah. ever produced. It's like your phone's like leading up yeah. against the door, That's whatever right. it is. Like, Literally, like no big camera, no crazy lights, just like just some natural video on my car. You know? mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure with all the viral TikToks that you've had, like you're going to get tons of love, but you're also going to get tons of hate. Like, how do you handle all those hate comments that are coming in? Yeah, I feel like I'm actually, I feel like I'm now, like, I feel like I'm really good at that because I just know, like, there's no one, there's no artist in the world that's, like, super huge that doesn't get, like, a super amount of, super, like, a lot of hate. I feel like, you know, I feel like a good, a good indication to know you're starting to get really popping is actually, like, getting hate because I feel like at 17 and 18, like, there would be, like, some hate, but, like, it was mostly, like, 90, like, not, like 99% love, you know? But I feel like once, like, where I was at now with TikTok, where it was, like, huge, I feel like there's more haters now, but I feel like that's a sign that I was getting bigger. So, actually, like, I, I, I honestly took it as, like, like, hey, that means, that means a lot of people are actually seeing, you know? I wasn't always like that, but, like, now, like, this year, like, I was definitely, that's definitely my mindset for sure. And so, like, is music your full-time thing right now? Or are you, like, working a job to, like, kind of fund the music thing? Like, what does your, like, quote-unquote job look like right now? Yeah, right now, like, I'm doing music full-time. Um, it's crazy because, like, I was actually at Carleton University for, like, two years. And then I, I took a year off, uh, my third year. And it was super, like, I just knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. I was in communications. I knew, like, Ah, like I'm going here every day. Like I, I don't like. I really feel like I shouldn't be here. I really feel like there's something deep down in like my soul. It's like, yo, you shouldn't be here. And I was like, yeah, I just needed like a year off of school to really, really pursue this and make 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 things shake. And I feel like, I feel like God has a way of like giving you what you want and like giving you things when you prove that you really want to do. It. Like you're willing to like really take a risk because like there's so much people that I knew they took they took risk and like, it really pays off. Cause like you prove that like, Hey, this is what I really want to do. And this is what I really want to focus on instead of kind of being like halfway in halfway out, which is like, obviously everybody has to do what they have to do. Cause there's bills to pay. Like you, you got to do things you have to do. But like, I feel like that one year where I just took off school was like, that was the one year that kind of changed my whole mindset of like, Hey, this is really going to happen no matter what. And talk to me about the support from your parents, not just with you dropping out, but with your whole music career. I just like your dad built your studio at like 14. Like, talk to me how, how much that support has meant to you. Yeah, that support is everything, bro. Cause it's like, especially when you're young and you're first starting out at something, like your confidence and your faith is very fragile. So, like, when you're first starting out doing something, for someone to not believe in you could be like detrimental to everything, you know? So, like, the fact that my dad believed in me first, just in terms of building a studio, was like, that's like huge, especially at the beginning. Cause you don't know, like, you don't know where the journey's gonna do. It's literally just like a leap of faith, you know? So it was super huge for me. I feel like I was definitely fortunate that way to have parents that actually like really supported me for sure. 
I have another quote here from that Faces magazine article. And this is, I think, one of my biggest challenges I've faced in my music career so far is trying to balance my social life with my music. Have you gotten any better at doing that? I mean, like with COVID, it's kind of tough to have a social life. So maybe like it's gotten, it hasn't gotten better, but like in a non-COVID sense, like had it been getting better prior to everything happening? Yeah, I feel like it definitely got better. Like I feel like yeah, that interview was what, like 2018? Yeah. Yeah, that was like 2018. Yeah, it, it's definitely gotten better now. Um, I just kind of got comfortable with like who I am as a person. Like to me, like I'm I'm a pretty introverted person and like, I don't know. I just got comfortable with like, just like being in the studio recording. I feel like when I said that then, I was kind of more out of a place of like insecurity, like being like, yo, I'm young. Like I should be out. Like I should be doing things, you know, like I should be out like doing something, you know, but like, I just feel like, like there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that there, some people have different personality types, you know, and for me, like, I just like staying, staying at home, putting in work, recording, like that's what really makes me happy. Obviously, I have, like, close friends. My boy, Kieran, CJ, they're my two best friends. Uh, but, like, yeah, I'm definitely just, like, introverted person. But I feel like there's nothing wrong with that, honestly. No, nothing wrong. I mean, it's a Friday night. It's 9 p.m. We're recording a <laughs> podcast, man. Like, I love it. Um, <laughs> but it's, like, walk me through kind of your process of putting together music. Like, do you start with a beat? Do you start with just lyrics? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, like, honestly, it's definitely the beat first. Uh, the beat kind of, like, drives the inspiration of, like, what the song's going to be about. Kind of, like, I don't know. There's something when I hear beats, like, something pops in my head of, like, an idea that the song's going to be about pretty much, like, right away. And I think that also comes from, like, me freestyling, too. Like, kind of comes quickly. Like, if a, if a song, if an idea for a song doesn't pop in my head within, like, the first, like, three minutes of hearing the beat, then, like, I'll kind of just move on to the next one. Like, I know with isolation, like, as soon as I heard the beat, like the word isolation just came into my head. I don't know why it came into my head, but it could also be because obviously the the period we're in right now, like isolation, and everything. But like just random stuff like that kind of come into your head. So definitely the beat first, and then I kind of just like establish what the flow is gonna be throughout the song. And then once I have the flow together, it's like I already have the blueprint. So like I just write lyrics over that. So it's definitely it. And do you make your own beats or do you get them from someone? Yeah, like kind of both. Like, right, like I just started producing uh, this year. Like, I haven't had a song where, like, it's out that I fully produced yet. But, like, this year, like, I'll definitely, before uh, the end of 2021, like, I'll definitely have a song that I produced myself. But other than that, uh, my homie, uh, Jordy, uh, that I know, he makes some of my beats too. And some of them are online as well. So it's kind of like all over the place. So it turns into production. And with writing, do you like, do you just kind of like freestyle and, and like in, when you're in the studio, just kind of like freestyle to the beat and like let that write the song? Or do you have like a pen and paper? Are you writing in your phone? Like what does your writing process look like? Yeah. Like I feel like in terms of that, it's kind of both. Like sometimes there'll be tracks where it's like I'll freestyle over the beat like five times in a row, like one freestyle, two freestyles, three freestyles, four freestyles. And then I'll just like kind of pick the best parts of each and then kind of put them together. And then sometimes it's like, if it's like a deep song, like a song where I'm really like opening up then I'll definitely sit down and like type it on my phone and stuff so like it really it really depends but I feel like the best songs kind of come by like freestyling and just doing things that are like feeling natural to me I feel like the more time I kind of like think about what I'm going to do and stuff it kind of takes away from just like, the natural process of how it goes about. so I definitely feel like freestyling is definitely uh that definitely helped me even like creating my original songs too 
Yeah. How do you determine when a song is done? Cause I'm sure you could like tweak it and make little changes forever. So like, how do you get to a point where you're like, you're comfortable saying like, all right, th- this track is done. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like so- a song can never like, can never be done, bro. Like there's obviously so much things that you can like fix and change with things. But I feel like for me this year, I fell in love with like simplicity of things. Like I feel like from 17 to 19, like from 2017 to 2019, I was kind of like, I was really focusing on making like the most complex like bars and like craziest flow and craziest raps together. But this year I just fell in love with like, sometimes like simplicity goes way more than, it goes way further than just like something that's super complex. Cause like simplicity is like global. Anybody can understand stuff. Even like melody, like anybody can understand melody you don't have to speak english to like say yo this song is good like i really like this song you know i feel like uh once i started to zone in on that then that made my songs that made me more comfortable with being like hey this song is done because sometimes adding to it can actually take away uh from the song which is something i I just learned over time with just being in the studio constantly no 100 i think that's right like there's a quote i heard somewhere it's like perfect doesn't mean there's nothing left to add perfect means there's nothing left to take away Oof, fire. You know, like that's just that just how you phrase that made me think of that. And talking about the decision not to swear or do anything like that in your songs. Yeah, like honestly for me, it wasn't even like a conscious decision where I was like, okay, hey, try not to swear when you rap. But like, I don't know, I'm just not the type of person to like, I just don't swear in real life. Like it's never just been like what I what I've done. I feel like that that that's also a lot to like testament to like how I was raised or like my parents. I just never heard that like in the household a lot there's nothing wrong with that like i obviously there's there's people i, I know a bunch of people who swear i'm friends i'm friends with people who swear but like for me personally it's just not like that's just not uh something i want to put in my music it doesn't come out naturally to me in my music yeah and honestly like i didn't even notice like i was it wasn't i was reading comments people were like he did all this without swearing and i was like <laughs> really and i'd like go back up and like replay the song i'm like oh shit you know what you're not swearing exactly. that was cool yeah, it's just super natural for me, bro. Like, it just kind of like, I feel like if I were to swear, like now, it would just sound like people listen to it. It would just sound like, oh, this sounds out of place, you know? Because I'm not, it wouldn't be me. So I just always try to just be me in my music. And so, talk to me about like, how do you feel like about the current state of hip hop, especially as someone like yourself who's such a lyrical rapper? It's almost like lyrical rappers. It used to be like, if you can't rap, if you're not lyrical, you're not like a true rapper. But it's almost like the industry is kind of not the industry, but like the consumers have kind of moved on from that. And they're just more in it for a beat and like mumble rap is taking off. So like, what's kind of your opinion on the current state of hip hop? Yeah, honestly, like, I feel like if you would ask me that question like two years ago, I'll be like, yo, like, I don't like it. Like, I feel like there should be more lyrical rappers, but I feel like now, like, I honestly feel like it's dope because I feel like there is something for everyone out there. Like if, 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 if you as a consumer would want to like listen to like lyrical music, I feel like there's a lot out there. You just have to like do extra work to find it. Um, I feel like you're right though. Like the whole like mumble rap thing. Like I feel like that's kind of broadcast more and like pushed onto people more. But um, I feel like it's dope. Honestly with Spotify, like there's, there's literally like every song released in history, just like on your fingertips and your phone. So like, if, the, if, if lyrical rap is something that you want to like really find then you could find it and like if uh like trap music or like something else is something you want to listen to you can find it so like 
honestly, I actually like I actually like the place of opposite. Like, I feel like it's pretty it's pretty balanced right now. How does TikTok influence the way that you you approach putting a song together? Because like the hook is so powerful. Like if it gets picked up on TikTok and people start using it in their songs, like that can take a song to a whole nother level. Like we've seen with another Ottawa rapper with Tiags, right? Like he's had multiple songs with like a strong hook that like people just pick it up and that and then his songs just go nuts. Like does that impact the way you put music together? I feel like honestly, I I I'd actually say it doesn't just in terms of like this year, um, like I just changed the way I I listen to music. Like right now, I just make the music that like I would generally want to hear. You know, like I just I try to approach music as in like if I wasn't me, and I just heard this guy. Like would I actually stay? Would I really listen to his music? And that that changed for me. Like I actually like a lot of like melodic stuff and uh like catchy melodies like that that's that's the type of music like i've been listening to this year so that kind of uh impacts the way my music is going to sound so but i get i get what you're saying though with tiktok like it's definitely like the hook is like definitely something that people are super like gravitate towards on but uh yeah in terms of my song like even with isolation like the hook is super crazy on that song but like i feel like when i made it i didn't even have a tiktok account and that that's kind of the one that kind of like popped off for me so like it's kind of been like a natural kind of everything just kind of came together at the right time. Do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Yeah, I'd say, um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say make, make the music that you really, you would want to hear. Like, I feel like that, that's, that's my main advice for sure. Like make the music, like, like I was just saying earlier, like if, if you're, if you weren't you, would you still listen to this? Cause, cause a lot of artists, like they kind of have like a, it's either you have an ego where it's like everything I make is fire, like I can do no wrong, everything's fire, or or you're like, ah, uh, like anything I make, like I don't like it. You kind of you kind of gotta have that mix of that confidence, like no, this is good, but also that like, um, like you gotta be critical and honest with yourself too, you know, to be like, yo, is this something I would really listen to? And if it is, then they'll put it out 100. How often do you take the time to reflect on everything from like 2017, taking that screenshot, 94 monthly listeners to now? I think you're like almost two, around 290,000 monthly listeners, over a million followers on TikTok. Like how often do you reflect on the journey that's been the last, really like the last eight years from when you started making music? Yeah, facts, bro. It's crazy. Like it's, it's super, it's super crazy. I feel like I reflect on it. Um, the reflection comes out when I'm like making songs, especially the new songs I make. Like every time I make a song, it's kind of like I kind of look back, look back at the journey, and look back on like what I've accomplished. But I don't reflect for too long, bro. If I'm being honest, like I know like there's so much more to go. Like I feel like as far as I've gotten now, like we'll look back on this and even be like, but like at this point, he's only at two hundred thousand, and now he's at like two million or something like that. You know, like. I feel like I'm definitely just super motivated to just keep going. Um, just keep pursuing, keep, just keep working, keep growing. Now kind of like to follow up that question, I'm going to kind of flip that on its head and like, what's the, lo- what's the, like not in the present moment now, what's the long-term vision? Like where's every, where's all this heading? Yeah. For me, like I, I know, I know I'm going to be the biggest, one of the biggest artists in the world um, just because I already believe I am in my head right now, but I know that like um, everything up towards now until when I get there is like, it's all part of a journey. And like, honestly, the journey 
is like to the journey is actually the best part rather than just in the destination because I don't really like being one of the biggest artists in the world is cool, but it's like, when is that? You know, it's like, you don't like, I could be there and still be like, well, I'm not like, there's still so much more I have to go. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's no destination, honestly, bro. Like I feel like the journey is like the best part of, uh, of everything. But yeah, definitely after COVID, I want to do tours and stuff. want to visit the places where people like really like my music the most in Europe, um, the States for sure. Um, yeah, bro. Just doing tours. I want to do arenas, big shows and stuff like that. But just keep growing as like a person, as an artist and just inspiring people. Oh, I love that, dude. That's amazing. And like you said too, like going to the places where people listen to music the most. Did I see that like Amsterdam is your number one city that streams your music the most? <laughs> yeah, bro. It's like Amsterdam, London, uh, I think Germany, and then like maybe like Chicago and LA. I don't know exactly. Like I'd have to like really look at it. But yeah, bro, like this year has been super crazy. I feel like I get a lot of love in like Europe and the States. I feel like I get more love in like Europe or the States than like Canada. It's so weird, bro. Like, and I'm from Canada. I'm from in Ottawa, bro. Like, it's super wild. Yeah. No, I mean, you're global, man. That's cool. Yeah, man. It's super, it's super sick to see. Just the power of social media. Like, you never know, like, who likes your stuff, you know? That's just, I, that's just, I think part of it too, is the fact that like, you can't tell where you're from in your videos, right? Like when you're in your car, like, it's not like there's a Canadian flag in the background or anything. Like no one knows where you're from. So that's probably part of the reason why. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, bro. hundred percent. And I actually, like, I like that too. Like, I just want to reach as many people as possible instead of like boxing me in like one kind of lane. Yeah, for sure. Before I let you go, dude, I want to ask you the same questions I ask everybody at the end of every interview. Um, I used to call this rapid fire, but they're not really rapid fire questions. So then I started calling it the Q and A, but then I was like, this is a podcast. The whole thing's a Q and A. So that made no sense. So I don't really have a, I don't have a name for this section. So, but these are just the questions I ask everyone at the end of every interview. Um, the first one is you're going to dinner. You can take three people. It can be anybody dead or alive. Who do you take to dinner? Oh, snap. That's wild. Going to, I'm going to dinner and I could take three people. Mm-hmm. Uh... Like celebrities? Yeah, anybody. Or just anybody in the world. You could be like my mom, my dad, and my brother. Or you could be like Drake, Kanye, and Eminem. Like anyone. Definitely my family, bro. 100%. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that answer. What is some of the best advice you've ever gotten? Some advice I've ever gotten. Um, The best advice I've gotten. I honestly don't know where it's from, but I just remember the quote like in my head. It's like uh, bouncing from failure to failure. It's important to like bounce from failure to failure without losing uh, enthusiasm or what you want to do. Like that's super for me. That was super uh, critical because like every time you fail or like try something and doesn't work, it was really just a lesson. You don't you don't have to take it as like a damn like this isn't how it's supposed to go. Like it's exactly how it's supposed to go. Cause it helps you grow and like helps you accomplish more, you know? So that's definitely probably my favorite quote. I love that. And I used to actually ask people like, where'd you hear it? But no one can ever remember where they got their best advice oh. from. So I just dropped that from the question. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, bro. What is one thing about you people wouldn't expect? One thing people wouldn't expect. Oh, that's so tough. I have no clue. I should have thought about this before. What's the one thing people don't know about you? What do you think? Or like that people expect? I'm trying to think. I mean, like, 
maybe that like growing up my entire life, I wanted to like write movies and direct movies. Yeah. I was like, that's something I haven't really talked about ever. Like I'm starting to talk about a little more cause I'm like trying to get back to it. Um, oh, okay. Sick. But yeah. People wouldn't know that. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, maybe. Okay. People probably don't know that I was even like, like I was considering soccer as like a career career. I feel like not, not that many people even know that they're just like, Hey, He's been rapping his whole life. He's always a rapper. But, like, rapping was not in the picture until, like, like, until I'm, like, actually in the picture until, like, 15. Like, 13, I was rapping, but it was never, like, I was actually going to do this for real. So, I'd say that, playing soccer. I love that. What is one thing that's so important everybody needs to know? About me? No, just in general. About your life. One thing important that everyone needs to know. Um... I feel like it's important to know that, like, just enjoying the journey of everything, enjoying the journey of what you want to accomplish, enjoying the journey of, like, losing, enjoying the journey of failure. Because I feel like a lot of people kind of dwell on their losses, you know what I mean? Just losses uh, that they face. I feel like not dwelling on losses and just taking that as lessons, switching people, switching your perspective and mindset. I feel like mindset is like everything. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that people that are successful, well, no, like there's not like a success is different for everybody, but for people that are like doing things that people look on as like, this is amazing. I feel like a lot of them have very similar mindsets. So I feel like if, if there's someone out there that, that wants to achieve something big. It all starts in like your mindset, like how you approach it, or how you think about it. 100%. I love that. Um, I want to thank you so much, man, for taking time to be on this podcast. I want to give you the floor. Where can the people find you? Plug anything and everything you got right now. 100%. Spotify, uh, Zach Diamond. Instagram, at Zach Diamond underscore. All social medias are at Zach Diamond underscore. And uh, yeah, bro, I really appreciate the love. Appreciate you having me on, bro. It means a lot, bro. No, dude, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and I appreciate everyone for listening. Whether you've listened the entire way through, or you only listen to bits and pieces. I really appreciate you taking time to check this out. Everyone do me a big favor. Go and follow Zach on Instagram, TikTok. Check out his Spotify. Isolation and Wavy are streaming right now. Both songs are hits. I highly recommend you check them out. Um, if you'd like to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. If you'd like to follow the podcast, you can find us on Instagram and at my social life podcast or YouTube by searching up my social life. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.